Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, everyone. Well, we're well into 2021 and how strange was 2020? But listen, let's be people that are different from everybody else who mourns about 2020 because there were so many good things happened in 2020. So many good things. And I understand that people lost their lives. I understand that people lost loved ones. I understand that people suffered from the coronavirus. So I I, I get all that. But we can either live under things or we can acknowledge that that's there and say, but I choose to overcome things and I choose to keep going. Because like in the words of Elton John, I'm still standing. And and for those of us that are still standing, and that is the majority uh, of this planet, then we've got, to, we've got to carry on in the way that God wants us to live and the way that God wants us to be. And I want to say, find things that you can give thanks for in 2020. You know, did you have a good meal, for instance? Did you have a warm bed for most of the time? You know, was you able to go to work and earn money? That's fantastic, because many people didn't. For you guys that couldn't make work, you got furloughed. Did you get some, most of all your wages? That's incredible. That's I'm just speaking really from a British perspective. Now I know some people didn't get paid and I know there's all the anomalies. I'm not trying to be insensitive, but what I want to do is, is say that we have got a different spirit. We have been given the Holy Spirit as believers and we give thanks to God in all circumstances, the Bible says. Why? Why would you give thanks even in bad circumstances? Oh, thank you, God, for this. And thank- You're not thanking him for the coronavirus. You're not thanking him uh, that you've lost loved ones. You're not thanking him for that. What you're saying is, there are things that I will give thanks to you for in this situation, God. And I will raise my gaze. And as we give thanks to God, the atmosphere in our hearts and in our soul changes and we become empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's why it's important to give thanks. And, and whereas when you have an empty spirit or a dead spirit, you have nothing to go. You are drained. You are tired. You get wound up. You get, and it's not that we don't get tempted with these things, but we have a, a source and an energy and a power that comes from the person called the Holy Spirit. And so I want us to be people that are different. Let's give thanks. And let's give thanks for our marriages. Let's give thanks for our kids. Let's give thanks for our jobs. Let's let's give thanks. If you can't give thanks for any of them things, find something that you've got health, that you've not had coronavirus. Or if you had, it's gone. And you know, you weren't you weren't aware of it, maybe. Give thanks. Find something that you can give thanks for. And uh, we don't know what the future holds, but we know towards the future. That's cliche until you begin to believe it. And when you believe it, you become somebody that's different from everybody else. And I'm going to give us some some, uh, three points today, just three simple points of how we can live a victorious life in 2021, how we can overcome obstacles that are going to come our way, how we can overcome loss if we're the ones still standing. Just three simple points for us. I've been thinking about the uh, the film Gladiator. One of my favourite films. I think it's a great film. Russell Crowe 
he, he, he plays a great part as Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the north, general of the Felix legions, loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife. How will of my vengeance in this life or the next? What an incredible guy. When he was a slave, what is your name? Maximus, Decimus, Meridius. And I would, you, you're watching, you can't wait for him to like say what happened, that he knows what's happening. The emperor's there all of a sudden coming with the awareness like, oh no, I thought you were dead. <laughs> he's not dead. He's the gladiator in the ring and he's the people's champion now. And it's a great story. But you know what? Backing up right to the beginning of the film, it opens and as uh, Maximus is there leading one of the, uh, the, the legions and the barbarians are coming down uh, from Germany, I think it is. <laughs> so from Europe anyway. And they come running down and they are scary, scary people. And they are huge people. And then you've got these Romans there. The atmosphere is building. And, and as a leader, he gets hold of the atmosphere by speaking. And he says, hold, hold. He says it a lot more macho than me. <laughs> hold. And, and he's, he's holding back. What, what is, 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 is all, all the emotion that's in all the soldiers, he's holding it back and he's getting them to hold it back for a greater purpose because timing is everything in the battle. And so he's, he's, he's getting them to hold back and then he gives the command and he's victorious, he's amazing, great film. And, and I, want, I want to say this to you today, I want to take that simple word, hold, and I want to say it to us this year. When you think you're cracking up, you're not. And I want to say, hold that thought. You are not cracking up. I'm going to melt down. I'm going to go into a corner and have a meltdown and see how you feel. Nobody's stopping you. But I want to say, you're not cracking up. You're just feeling the pressure. Yeah. The Bible says, don't throw away your confidence because it will be richly rewarded. And I want to say, you're not cracking up but you're experiencing forced change and forced change on an international scale because you cannot now just get on a plane and go anywhere you want to get away from it all. In the past, we could just get rid of pressure just like that. Just get on a plane and go. Get in your car and drive. Just do whatever you need to do. Get on a train, get on a boat. But we can't and we're being held back. And uh, we're, we're being forced into a change and you have to wear masks and you have to wear your PPE or whatever it is, but masks and things. You know, I got out of a lift the other day and scared this woman to death because I had a bob hat on and a mask. <laughs> she screamed. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, it's strange times. You're not cracking up, but you're feeling the pressure of change being forced on you. You know, we're used to thinking about changing and having our say. We don't have much of a say. We're fighting an invisible war and we're in an invisible prison. And, and it's, it's very, very strange. You can feel claustrophobic, but you're not cracking up. You're just feeling the pressure. The Bible says this, that God has not given us, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And when you think you're cracking up, you're just 
adjusting to the new normal. Hey, listen, we're not going back to pre-COVID days. Then days have gone. Honestly, we've got to now start going. We're, we've we've left the shore, and now we're going into deeper water, and we're going further and further away from what used to be into the new normal. And I want to lead us there, and I want to say, do not be frightened. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but fear not. I have overcome the world. So get hold of that. You, you know, these are just words from Jesus unless we take hold of them. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Jesus said to his disciples, my peace I give you, my peace I leave with you, as he went back to heaven. But he left his peace, and God's peace is not the absence of problems or the absence of troubles. It's the presence of God in the midst of them. It's his, he, bring, he is the Prince of Peace. He brings his peace. Isaiah 26 says, God will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed or focused on him. So watch what you're thinking about. When people start talking about how bad things are, move away. Don't, don't keep listening to negativity. Why? Because you'll have to battle it. And find spaces where, where you know, find mind spaces where you can listen to some music where that's uplifting, where you can watch a film that's uplifting. Watch Gladiator. <laughs> Lots of people get murdered in that film. Not murdered, but killed in battle. But look, go for things that soothe your soul, that feel good. Remember the last time you ate an apple rather than having a biscuit and a brew? Not to self. Just have an apple. Do you know, I had some, what did I have the other day? Some black blackberries or something like that. No, it was an apple. It was an apple. And I ate this apple over the Christmas period and I thought, how sweet is that? That's like sweet, sweeter than sweets. That's nature's candy, my friend. <laughs> so I think I am cracking up. <laughs> so how, how, do we keep going, not living under it and going, oh, another day's gone and, and another day's ahead and I've got to get through this. Not surviving, but thriving. How, how do we get through? I've got three simple points. Are you ready for them? The Bible says this, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. And it's in Hebrews in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. But it's in the context of perseverance. And we're, we're having to persevere through a strange time. And, and, and I want to say, keep going. You're not cracking up. Keep looking. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the starter and the finisher of your faith. So point number one, look to Jesus. I've only three points. Look to Jesus, listen to Jesus, and learn from Jesus. How beautiful is that? Just, just fall out. It's, it's fantastic. I have studied Jesus for almost 40 years, and I'm still fascinated with him as a personality, as a leader, as the Son of God, as a Son of Man, and a God the Son, how the Trinity all works together. I just, I love it. I do, I absolutely love it studying him but i have to say today as a grown man i love jesus another way of putting it is he's got my allegiance for the rest of my days from being a young man i've been in his army from being 19 years old well emotions get you too much <laughs> it's like 
He is the best. And today I'm giving you the best. I'm his ambassador. I'm here on earth to spread the good news about the greatest person who's ever lived. And you know what? He looks at you and he believes in you. And he's got a future, he's got a plan and a purpose for you. It's absolutely awesome. But I have to say this about Jesus. He is the original rock and roll. <laughs> he shakes my nerves and he rattles my brain. And you know, he does, he shakes my nerves and he rattles my brain. Why? Because he doesn't think like me. And I have to learn to think like him. And imagine being in a boat with him. Not that I ever was. But you know, when the disciples were in the boat and a storm came, they woke him up. Jesus, don't you care, we're going to drown. And he said, where's your faith? You're like, <laughs> he's awesome. And so I want to say, first and foremost, number one, look to Jesus. I've got a reading from Luke chapter four. Jesus had just been baptised and the Holy Spirit had come and rested upon him like a dove uh, as he came up out of the waters and a voice came from heaven. This is my son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. And then the Spirit thrust him into the desert, into the wilderness. He was tempted 40 days, 40 nights by the devil, but he never gave in. And then Jesus went into the devil, sorry, Jesus went into the desert. He was led, he was filled with the Spirit when he went in there. But after being tempted and tested, and he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. God, his father had got him ready to bring his kingdom here on earth, the alternative kingdom that will turn this world's kingdom upside down because, sorry, the right way around, because it's upside down at this moment in time. Jesus came to turn things back to what it should have been when God created the earth. And that will continue right into a new heaven and a new earth. Luke chapter 4, starting at uh, verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He was regular at church. I'm just saying to all you guys that think you can just put on a podcast and that's it. No, no, no. He was regular at church. I know we have to do Zoom meetings now, but there's no, there's no substitute for human interaction. And he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. So Jesus is... He's, 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 he's initiating something. He's determined to get to the right place. He's on purpose. And then he got to the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Here it is. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to teach them, saying, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The eyes of everyone are fastened on Jesus. And I want us to go through 2021 like I wanted to go through 2020 and 2019. 
and all all, all, all other uh, years previously, fixing my eyes on Jesus. I want you to fix your eyes on Jesus. You know, we're we're here for the long haul as believers. We're planting churches. You, you know, that takes time. We're, we're making disciples. That takes time. We're reaching cities. That takes time. We're here for the long haul. And what's kept me going for almost 40 years as a believer is fixing my eyes on Jesus. Did I say I'm a perfect? No, I didn't. I'm saying I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus and I follow him. And, 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 and I believe you do too. And, and, you know, but some of you, maybe you're like Peter. When it came to uh, just before the crucifixion, Peter denied Jesus. And he said he followed Jesus from a distance. What about you? How far away are you from Jesus at this time? I want to encourage you. Whatever has caused the distance, make up that distance, come right back. You're just a prayer away. Make up that distance and come back. Fix your eyes on Jesus. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. They were waiting to see what he did and what he said. And, you know, we live in a real world. I'm at a home putting plasterboards on, on, on ceilings and, and, and stud walls. I'm at home, you know, decorating and things because I have properties that I look after. But and I'm, I'm at home in the local wine bar that I go to, you know, for a, a, a cheeky beer. Some say, are you a secret sipper? No, everybody knows me. <laughs> so, but the point is, I'm in the real world. I am in the real world. But when I get there, I understand that it's not that real because people are not, it's only as real as people are real. Do you know what I mean? And I love being around people. I love being around Christians, some Christians. I love being around some people. Some people are hard work, aren't they? And so how, how do you handle people that are hard work? How did Jesus do it? Well, I have to fix my eyes on Jesus and see how he did it. I have a book on my shelf and it's, 50 individuals that Jesus met and how he handled each one of them differently. He's just a master with people. I'll come on to that in a minute. I, I'm running out of time, so I'm, I'm just going to uh, keep going. But, you know, we're in this world. We're saying we look like this world. We're, you know, we're smart. We're sharp. You know, we're articulate. But you know something? We're the same, same, but we are different. And 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says, but in your heart, set apart Christ Jesus as Lord. And it's that set-apartness that makes us different. We're not trying to be weird or freaky or flaky or anything like that. Just strong, with wisdom from God, peace in our hearts, determination in our steps and in our life. We've, we know that God has got a plan for our life. We've got all of that plan and we live it every single day. You know, God's plan for your life is that we give thanks in all circumstances, as I was saying earlier. That's, it says, it says in, uh, in Philippians, I think it is, he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and request, make your prayers and requests known to God. Tell him about everything. And it says, and the God of peace will, will guard your hearts. And so, you, you know, don't be anxious about, this is God's will for us. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, rejoice. Regardless of circumstances, we need to get rejoicing. And we, we have to learn to rejoice, not only when we feel like it, but when we don't feel like it. Why? Because as we do that, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. 
and what is just a, an ordinary living room sometimes gets transformed by the very presence of the Holy Spirit. This is awesome stuff. So we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. In a world that wants to do things sometimes like that, not everybody's crooked, I get that. And I'm, I'm glad about that. But you know something, we are the same, same but different. But even those that are, are living life straight and, and, and doing the right thing, they don't know always how to give thanks to God. They don't know how to find positivity in negative situations, and we do. You know, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And you can bring life or death to people. You can kill an atmosphere. You can kill your workplace. You can kill a Zoom meeting by your attitude. Let's be bringers of good reports. Let's be bringers. You know, my sister on the 8th of January celebrated her 60th birthday and we sent her some presents and stuff and, and she, she just rang us tonight. She was so thrilled. We wanted to bring some, uh, you know, some joy and, uh, and an injection of joy. She, she wasn't expecting it. And it's just so good. I want to tell you that story. It makes me feel good telling you that story because we're spreading goodness around. Come on, let's bring a good report. But let's not be obnoxious. If people are hurting, let's not say, well, come on, praise the Lord. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You've got some feeling, my friend. But we're, we're in the world, but we're different. We're not led by the world. We're led by the Holy Spirit and the, and, and the Holy Scriptures. Sometimes we see Christians that we've known for years and they're behaving in a way that's like, mm, I, think you've, I think you're compromising. I think you're a little bit this, a little bit that. You know, or, or sometimes they're not compromised. Let's let, it could be that God has given you a revelation of what he wants you to do. I've got to be careful with this. <laughs> and sometimes other people can't see it. Or sometimes you think, well, they should be doing what I'm doing. And Peter had that problem. Jesus had just alluded to how, Jesus, how Peter would die on a cross. And Peter said, well, if that's going to happen to me, what about him? Pointing to John. Him and John were always in competition. He said, what about him? And Jesus said, what's that got to do with, with you? If I want John to stay alive till I return, what's that got to do with you? And he said this, but you must follow me. Fix your eyes on Jesus. What has Jesus told you to do? Come on, fix your eyes on him. Wobble your head and keep going. Let's keep going. What happens when we sin? Well, we fix our eyes on Jesus. We come back to, don't run away from Jesus when you sin. You run to him. <laughs> because he can bring you forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. You're coming back to the faithful one. In Thessalonians, it says, when we are faithless, he remains faithful because he can't disown himself and deny himself, deny who he is. So, so we, we come to the faithful one. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us or purify us is another translation. Purify us from all unrighteousness. What have you been up to at Christmas? <laughs> Did the Christmas party on Zoom get out of hand? <laughs> well, take it to Jesus. Take it to Jesus. And don't just take it to Jesus. When you look to Jesus... You become like him. And saying you're sorry to God is not just, well, I'm sorry. I've been caught. I've been found out. It's changing. It's stop doing the very thing that you've done to offend God and possibly other people. And it's turning in the opposite direction, doing 180 and going the opposite direction, putting things right. Oh, okay. The Apostle Paul, you know, 
followed Jesus and he said to his, his own disciples, he said, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. In fact, I've got it up here, 1 Corinthians 4, 16. Follow me as I follow Christ. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. He says, you are to imitate me as I imitate Christ. And in Philippians 3, 17, he says, join one another. He's talking to a new church plant, the first church plant he ever started. He said, join one another in following my example, brothers, and carefully observe those who live according to the pattern we set for you, a pattern of lifestyle. And there's certain things that we do that are different from everybody else. So number one, as we want to overcome in this in, in our lives and, and uh, whatever comes at us this year, we are not going to come under it. We are going to fight to live over it. We, we look to Jesus, number one. Number two, we listen to Jesus. In Luke chapter 9, verse 20, it says, Jesus went up on a mountainside and he took Peter, James and John. Wherever he went, he took these three disciples. He took them up on, on this mountain and then he began to become transfigured in the midst. In other words, light on the inside shone out from him. And they saw him really as he, as he is in all his glory. Peter didn't know what to do, so Mortimer just started talking. And he said, it's good for us to be here, Lord. Do you want us to build some tents? You know, some dens and we'll sleep here for the night. And even God Almighty had to tell Peter to shut up. <laughs> he said, a voice came from heaven, broke into Peter's chattering and chunnering. And it says, this voice, this voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. And that's God's command to us, to listen to his sons. Jesus said to the religious people of his day, the, the religious leaders who were always after him, they're always after tricking him and they're always after debating with him and, and trying to, to stop him. And he said this, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. And he says, these are the very scriptures that speak about me. John chapter 5, verse 39. And we've got to listen to Jesus. You know, Jesus in Matthew, in Matthew's gospel, taught us the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And he gave us a framework on how to pray. And so listen to him. He starts with praise. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. There's praise and worship and honour. But even before that, there's intimacy. Father. Our Father, not just my Father, but our Father, we're community. There's so much I could say about that, that prayer, but it's fantastic. The Sermon on the Mount, you know, and how to live and how you can live in the kingdom of heaven. The quality of life is all there. How to receive the Holy Spirit, go on asking, go on seeking, go on knocking. And it will happen for you. And how much more will, they all, will God give the Holy Spirit to them that, that ask them? Are you filled with the Spirit today? Because you're going to need to be filled with the Spirit in order to fix your eyes on Jesus, <clears throat> in order to listen to what he says. And he told us to make disciples. He told us to baptise people, meaning, you know, plant churches, you know, teach them all that I've taught you. Jesus said, I will build my church. He said, and he said this about, you know, building his church. He said, where two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. You know, in, in lockdown, we can make two or three on a Zoom. Come on, let's pray and let's pray for people. 
our family and friends that are struggling. Let's get together regularly and let's pray. With two or three are gathered, you know, you can know his presence. So good. Jesus, you know, talked about making disciples. Jesus' brother said that we're meant to be doers of the word. We're meant to not just listen to the word, but be doers of the word. He wrote that, he wrote his, his, his letter in the New Testament. I wonder if he had talks and debates with Jesus about things like that. And he heard Jesus saying, not just, not just listen, you know, people who hear the word, but people who obey it. It's, it's like building your house upon a rock, Jesus said. When the storms of life come, you'll not be like the house that's built on the sand that's just blown away because it's got no strong, firm foundation. But when you've got Christ living on the inside of you, you've got the whole of heaven backing you up. And when the storms of life come, you will stand. You will not crack up. You will stand and overcome. You will smile when you want to cry. You will be a blessing to others. Because, and people, you'll be a strength to others. I want to speak that out to people today. So we need to look to Jesus, listen to Jesus. And last of all, we need to learn from Jesus. Jesus was so emotionally balanced. When he was full of joy, he gave praise to God on one occasion when his disciples came back and, you know, the, the, the demons came out. And Jesus weren't there, but they came out when the disciples commanded them to come out. And Jesus was so overjoyed that, you know, the plan was coming together. And yet he had sadness. He cried at, at his best friend, one of his best friends, when he heard about the death of his best friend, Lazarus. Then he went on to raise him from the dead. Jesus saw scripture as God's word. And he saw the Holy Spirit as vital for life. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? As we learn from Jesus, he saw people as individuals. He said to a 38-year-old guy who was, whose life was dysfunctional, he says, do you want to get well? And I love Jesus for that because he wasn't more committed to people than they were to themselves. And, you know, we've wasted a lot of time trying to get people to change when they don't want to change. And, you know, we need to be discerning with the Holy Spirit saying and asking people that kind of question, do you want to get well? Do you want to get a job? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do Do you want to find a husband? Do you want to find a wife? Saw people as individuals. He gave them dignity. He was compassionate to the point of anger. Mark chapter 2. He served and he loved his, his disciples right to the end. You know, he met them a, a sort of fried fish one, one, one day after his resurrection. He is the commander and controller of the universe who's just defeated Satan, sickness, death and hell. And he comes and he puts the frying pan on. Why? Why didn't he just speak it out? Because he wasn't feeding the multitudes. He was feeding his friends. And what they needed were a fish butter. So he was getting them ready, some fish. And you know, he served them to the end. We need to learn from Jesus because there's, there's times when we just need to serve people and not be praying for miracles, just serve them because that's what's needed. And Jesus, Jesus learned how to communicate with people. And it says that ordinary people heard Jesus with gladness. Why? Because he told them stories that made sense. It's, or let me put it this way, stories about everyday life that they could relate to. And then the twist in that story invited the wisdom of heaven to come into their lives. I've finished. You know, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus, fix our eyes on Jesus. We need to listen to him and we need to learn from him as we go through our lives in 2021. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website.